Today's TribCast is presented by the University of Texas at Arlington. Great education. Career ready. Low cost. Discover UTA at uta.edu. And CenterPoint Energy. CenterPoint Energy is committed to giving back to the communities we serve. Learn more at centerpointenergy.com. Texas talking oh, What was that that you said? Texas talking ah, Gonna hoop upside your head Texas talking Tell me who can you trust When Texas guys are Texas guys this is Jenna Ramsey, Ross's daughter. I'm home from school this summer working in the office of Austin Mayor Steve Adler. That means I may have to finally start reading the Texas Tribune, although I'm assured this isn't necessary. Do a good job today, Dad. Enjoy this week's TribCast. Now here's your host, Emily Ramshaw. Thank you. This is Emily Ramshaw here on the 19th of July with your Texas Tribune TribCast, our weekly podcast about the biggest stories in Texas politics. I'm joined by CEO Evan Smith. Just sitting here seeing how I was completely reamed out by Gardner Selby and PolitiFact. Now I know how the other half lives. But at least you got Jenna Ramsey to do the TribCast intro, which means all sins are absolved. No pants on fire for that one. Absolutely not. Executive editor Ross Ramsey, Jenna's father. I think she's too old to ground, but, you know, just out of the statute of limitations. Yeah, you're just lucky to have her home in your house this summer. What what, what possibly could cause you to ground Conspiring with Evan Smith. Failing to read the Texas Tribune sounds like a groundable offense (laughs) to me. And uh, speaking of in the doghouse, <laughs> Patrick Svitek, just back from vacation, didn't do much vacationing on his vacation. I, I think I rested enough. My kind of vacation. Yeah. Svitek is wandering around the beach at Hilton Head like Nixon <laughs> at San Clemente with little black socks on looking for a cell phone signal. No, actually, the service on the beach was, it was, it was top good. notch. You were it wearing was. little black socks on <laughs> the beach? No, but there was also Nixon, a Wi-Fi network. Nixon at San Clemente Nixon, with yeah. B.B. Rebozo. Do I need to explain yes, San Clemente to you? Yes, this was before my time. It was. Okay. I'm, I'm, it's another podcast. All right. Well, uh, let's start with the first day of the special legislative session, which was yesterday, Tuesday. Uh, anything noteworthy happen? No. No. <laughs> the Senate in particular was pleasant and uneventful, calm. As always. It, you know, it kind of went as expected. The Senate wants to go fast because if they get the sunset bill out of here very quickly, the governor will open the pantry and they can get to the other 19 items that they really do want. Do all the red meat things they really want to do. Right. So they suspended the rules that they could and they, you know, live with the rest. One of the rules they suspended was um, Senator Jose Rodriguez tagged a bill, which is basically a senator saying this bill needs to wait 48 hours before you consider it with three-fifths of the Senate, 20 Note that there are 20 Republicans. You can remove a senator's tag. It's uh, They haven't done it in memory, but they did it yesterday to get past that. They zipped the bill through committee. They sent it back to the Senate. The Senate will have passed that bill by the end of their business on Thursday. So the Democrats obviously were pretty pissed about the speed at, at which the you know Senate Republicans were moving, but they didn't have enough. They don't have enough clout or numbers to make a difference there. They don't have the votes to do it on that one. They do have the votes to make the Senate wait three days to pass that bill. That takes mm-hmm. a three-fifths vote, um, and the I'm sorry, that takes a four-fifths vote, and the Senate didn't have it without the Democrats. Meanwhile, across the aisle in the House, um, you know, Joe Strauss was <laughs> Joe Strauss was asked if the House, how fast the House was going to go, and whether they were going to consider bills and refer bills before the sunset thing passed. And he said, right now we're thinking about the sunset thing. He kind of deflected the question. It's a slow play over there. Which, if I recall correctly, the language in the proclamation from Abbott said that the House could take up and consider 
non-sunset items even before the Senate had passed the sunset bill. Yeah, they can consider anything they want. Yeah, you know, yeah. it, um, it really is up to the presiding officer and sort of the mood of the room. Right. And, you know, they read it so far as let's wait and see what the Senate sends us. Right. Yeah. I just read that Abbott kind of made that clear, you know, right. saying, hey, you don't I, have you to do, wait. If you do want to go, you know, start out fast, you could. I think so far the signal from the House is no, <laughs> we're not going to do that. Yeah. Yeah. We are somewhere in all likelihood between sunset and sine die and 20 of 20, right? I mean, that was the affect of the day yesterday in the House was it looked like they were not going to basically pass sunset and then go off to Bimini or New Orleans or whatever, but nor yeah. are they. Oh, nor, nor, nor do they, they seem gonna... disposed to just run through the governor's the, list. It doesn't do the House any good politically to sunset and sign die. You know, those members need to be able to say, yeah, we looked at those bills and, you know, we voted out the version that we wanted to vote for. Right. Or we disagreed with the Senate on them. It doesn't do any good to, you know, take the basketball and go home. So I, we had a conversation this morning with three members, as Ross says correctly, representatives of the three parties in Texas. We had Carol Alvarado, Democrat from Houston, Drew Darby, Democrat from uh, Republican from Whoa. San Angelo. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's okay. Careful. We'll, we'll, we'll edit that out in post. Uh, and uh, Matt Schaefer, a Republican of Tyler, representing effectively the Democratic, the Freedom Business Caucus. Republican, and the Freedom Caucus wings of their parties or parties or whatever. Is that fair? Yeah. Ish, yes. Ish. Yeah. You don't think enough. Darby would? It's not pants on fire. Darby wouldn't embrace. No, no. It wasn't I'm, pants on fire. Who would, yeah. No, I'm, my pants are sufficiently already uh, smoldering. Uh, uh, you would agree Dar Darby is a business Republican of some yeah. sort. So the conversation turned to what do you think you're going to get accomplished in the session? And, you know, are you looking at Sunset and, uh, and Sunny Die or 20 and 20 or whatever else? And Alvarado was like, I just think we should basically do nothing. That's effectively what she said. She said, let's do the sunset bill. And, yeah. and, and you said, do you want to do anything else? And she said, no. Mm. Schaefer, interestingly, did not say he thought that they would run the table and do all 20. But it was clear to me that he was more in league with that thinking. Darby was more where you were. This is a long way to get to where you were going, which was basically, mm, let's look and see what's there. Let's sort of look at some stuff. Because so, honestly, we need to show everybody that we're working. We well, want to be, we want to be for, working. For example, in, seems another, like a reasonable position in another place, you asked them about the maternal mortality um, thing on the call, and all right. three of them said, yeah, no, we're all for that. In so, fact, there was more agreement the, on maternal mortality than there was on Sunset. There's some things that are going to be, well, that are going to just fly through here. Nobody there's, wants women who've just had babies to die, and there are people who think the Texas Medical Board isn't useful. Well, so. and, right. and in fact, in the case of Matt Schaefer, Matt Schaefer, to my surprise, I didn't expect to hear this, but he, he was basically regarding the Medical Board Sunset Bill as a Christmas tree, and there were any number of that's ornaments related to pre-born children that were going to be hung on that tree. That's why there was a safety net bill, because, you know, the safety net bill is designed to catch those agencies in sunset that don't get their reviews done. And the reason the medical board's review didn't get done is because it was a Christmas tree for all these amendments on abortion and other things. Well, it doesn't sound like it's going to be any different this time. Well, you know. So there's two bills here. One bill would extend the expiration dates. It just changes the expirations on the milk cartons, right? And that's the bill that Darby was saying he's for, that the governor's call calls for, yep. and that the Senate is working on. Another bill um, would be a full sunset review of the Texas Medical Board, and that's what Schaefer was referring mm -hmm. to. Right. So uh, question on Facebook from Tyler Norris asking, you oh, know, what's God. the— doesn't he have anything else to do? <laughs> Then listen to you. Uh, he's, a, he's a speed tech groupie. <laughs> there are many of those. In fact, I think most of our Facebook listeners are He's like are the Pamela DeBar of, uh, well, never mind. Keep uh, yes, let's move forward. Yes. Uh, so what's the over-under? Where are we going to end up? How many of the 20 do you think the ledge is going to pass by the time this special, special, special session is over? This is a for, formal betting this time is, for all is, This is a formal, formal betting, betting time, time, right? The, yes. the window is open? <laughs> exactly. Tyler, if you're listening, while we're making our projections, you also have to put yours in the comments. <laughs> 
Six. Yeah, I was gonna say high single digits. I'd, I'll go with. I'll go with nine, actually. Is That's a high a, single digit. Yeah. I'm going to do the... the I'm going to do the... Are we playing price of right rules? Yeah, right. How if you go over, you bust? But yeah, ding, exactly. ding, ding. All right, right. I'm going to do, do the John Whitman kiss-ass answer, and I'm actually going to say... Are you going to say 19? I'm gonna, no, I'm actually going to say that it's going to be more than 10. I don't think it's going to be significantly more than 10, but I think there's a bunch of stuff on there that, from the perspective of the legislature, is more or less inoffensive and problematic to not support. A point that I made to Alvarado today, which I don't think is in any way a new point, is that the governor has really put the legislature in a box on the uh, teacher pay increase. I don't think so. I do. Because if you don't support the teacher pay increase because it's an unfunded mandate, the only thing the voters back home are going to hear is Governor Abbott wanted to increase average teacher pay, and the legislature didn't. Except the teachers don't even want the yeah, increase in teacher pay. It's not an average pay. pay increase. It's a merit pay proposal that hasn't had a I mean, hearing. I huge I think protests that is, at the Capitol I think in the last it is, couple days. I think it is third railish. Nah. I do. I'm going with 10, since you all asked. 10. Okay. <laughs> That's pretty good. Oh, what's Tyler? Tyler Norris is going with 7. Okay, we got 6, 9, more than 10. Does he have to settle on, on yeah, a yeah, so pick, pick a number? Pick a number, Chump. <laughs> I already sold 10, so you can't. You pick are such a chump. <laughs> exactly. No, he's, he's exactly right. It's like Let's you're still on vacation. 13? I'm, I'm, I'm 12. The rules. Okay. I mean, so for me, the big question is, and you all should shed some light on this, like, what is Joe Strauss going to do? So we know the Democrats aren't don't have plans to run away. The big question is, is Strauss going to say, like, let's get these couple of things passed that we have to, and then just, I mean, will he just adjourn? No, I think you'll give the members a chance to debate these things and to figure out where they are. You know, the, the House passed a property tax bill. Um, it's not the one the Senate passed, but they passed a property mm -hmm. tax bill, and it's, you know, easy enough to repeat your mm -hmm. vote. The House passed a bathroom bill. The House passed a number of these things, and you can, you know, at the very least vote out the same version you did before. All right, let's be specific about mm -hmm. that. Is the House going to pass Patty? That's, how, that's the one they've Simmons, already passed. or Simmons. Well, they've already passed Patty. Are they going to pass mm -hmm. another one? Um, I think uh, Strauss's comment was, we've gone as far as we want to go. So this will be so Patty, Patty. Patty 2 Electric Boogaloo, basically, the sequel. <laughs> Is that right? Which means yeah. then yes. that it won't Maybe. be. Some version of <laughs> Which means that then it wouldn't be acceptable to the Senate, and therefore there would be no deal. Right. So that's okay. Yeah. That, that's one down. Yeah. Right. Right. So that that's takes why us I think to it's nineteen. Eighteen. It's not just the number of what gets passed. It's it's what is in that number, and I think that's ultimately what's going to come down. What's going to yeah. factor into Abbott's mm -hmm. decision whether to call a subsequent special. Well, and this session. is ultimately what I was talking about. You know, in the in a column this morning is that Abbott hasn't made clear. Which version of each of these bills he's behind? Right. You don't so think Abbott? Has, you don't think Abbott has said basically he's for Simmons? No, he hasn't done it publicly. Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I'm, you know, I mean, he he recoiled a little bit. You know, at at being pinned down on that. He hadn't been pinned down on it. He hadn't picked a property tax. All bill. right. So let's do uh, role playing. I'll be Lieutenant Governor Patrick, and you be you. <laughs> this okay. is creeping me out already. Are we going to talk about Black Lives Matter again? <laughs> No. Um, <laughs> that went so well for you the yeah, first time, right? Great. Yeah. Before you listen to this role play, if you would like to <laughs> leave comments on our Facebook page or questions, we are ready for them. Um, and go. Go. Okay. Scene. Uh, uh, there are more than 80 uh, votes, Ross, uh, uh, co-authors, Ross, on uh, the Simmons bill. There's uh, 78 votes for the marijuana bill. Are you for that? It's like the third. third I, I, I'm the one who asked the. I'm the one who asked the questions here. <laughs> I'm the lieutenant governor. This is, go, is kind of going like it goes, right? No, but but so what? What happens to those people who say there are more than 80 co-authors on the Simmons bill? The Simmons bill should get a vote on the floor. Well, I think you know. I think that's probably right. And and the the way the House actually works is that there's a protection racket over there. 
There is the way people would vote if you put a thing on the floor and they have to vote in public. And there's the and way there's they get the protected people, by the speaker. There's the way people really want to vote. If you if you go to the House and give everybody truth serum and say, are you for this or against it, that you know some number of them will say, I'm against it, but if it gets to the floor, I'm going to vote for it. And the bathroom bill is a classic example of that. Um, you know, if it gets to the floor, yeah, they'll probably vote for it. But there's a significant caucus in there um, praising the speaker and telling them they're supporting him because he's protecting them from that vote. Yeah, and Dan Patrick knows that, obviously, when he right. rattles that off. Right. I mean, he's trying to call their bluff and he's trying to bust up the, the protection racket that mm-hmm. Ross described. I mean, how much of an impact does the fact that we now have Abbott coming mm-hmm. out and saying, basically, I'm going to name names, I'm going to, I'm making a list and I'm checking it twice. You know, if you oppose me in this special session, there are going to be consequences. We yeah. haven't really heard him talk like that before. you got to know his position before you know whether you're opposing him or not. It's empty right. unless he says what, he's, but what he wants. But isn't the argument from the governor's perspective, if I don't tell you what I'm for, then I can't lose? Well, you can't have it both ways. You're either keeping score or you're not. Oh, he can't? Well, is he going to—I mean, is that something that voters are going to listen to? See, the, the uh. thing that I would argue there is that Abbott, you know, is, approach, is approaching this, obviously, from a very political perspective. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and yeah. So, you know, he's just looking—in you know, some ways, you know, he's looking for— when he talks about keeping a list, he's looking for a very simple message for voters next election cycle. Right. Either you're with me, either you supported this item or you didn't support this item. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, I, the policy is going to obviously specific policies right. that he's supporting not supporting is going to matter over these next thirty days and beyond potentially. But I think as far as Abbott is concerned, he's just looking for the political yes win. no pol- easy political. Right. So I, 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 with pa- me Patrick, I ran so. into three Republican members of the House the other day on the street at and, Starbucks and said no. But you're not far off, though. Lavazza. En route. I don't go to Lavazza. That could be a separate podcast, too. Uh, and, and I said, so what about this Abbott list? And they went, mm. and I said, are you worried that Abbott will not support you? Right. Campaign ag- against you? And, or? and they went, yeah, what happened last time? I said, right, well, yeah, my, I mean, my memory is that last time there was some discussion of I'll be there for you if you're there for me, yeah, and well, then you guys were there for them. Me on pre-K and, and I'll support hold you. my coat, and right. then it didn't happen, and they were like, yeah. And yeah. so there actually seems to be, even among these are three people who I would consider to be Abbott supporters, there was some skepticism about yeah. whether the, the Abbott threat was a hollow threat or a real threat. But was that, well, wait, was that a threat last time, or was that an I will support you well, if? The point, was that it was, seems... the point was that it was a promise, if you do this, I'll right. do this. But this and then seems... that didn't make... In this the minds seems of a more lot like of those threat. people. Yeah, but but if if he said do X and I'll do Y, right. why is he any more likely to do? He didn't follow do... through on his positive promise. He, right. The question is whether he'd follow through on a negative. That, that was the right. implication. To Patrick's point, you know, this is why you, you know if you're if you're in management in the House, you let them vote on versions of the governor's list that may or may not comport with the Senate's versions. Right. But they voted on a bathroom bill and they voted on a property tax bill and they voted on a this and a that and the other. Right. What is with him saying that property taxes are suddenly his top priority? He's been, he's been, I don't know if he's previously said that's his number one top priority. He's been talking about property taxes as more important than some of these other items for a while, I'd say. If you recall, on the eve of the special session announcement, he gave that speech in Bell County where he 
talked extensively about property taxes mm -hmm. and said work was unfinished on that. I think he's been telegraphing for a while that if there is one issue that maybe rises a little bit above some of these other issues, it is property taxes to him. Mm -hmm. I, I think that reflects the, what he views as the political potency. Didn't he just send out, wasn't there some email blast that came out either from his campaign or from his office that was about you know how important the special session was and it listed a bunch of things and did not mention the bathroom bill? Yes, the, yes. No, no, there was actually something just yesterday, yeah, right? right? Fundraising thing. It right. went through right. the entire thing, but it didn't mention it. Look, here, here's the other thing. Um, there is as much an argument to be made for you're spending a million dollars to come back to do a bunch of stuff that clearly didn't pass in the first round. What's going to be different this time? Nothing. Also, the governor himself, who has decided that these issues were important enough to bring everybody back to Austin for, did not himself say a word about half of these items during the 140 days of the session. Mm -hmm. as, a, as a positioning exercise, though, if you name these 20 items and say, we are going to come back for a special session to do sunset, and I'm going to add these items to the list. You're not, you're out of the position of being of anybody being able to claim you're not for those items. Well, I put them on my list. The blame falls somewhere else. It doesn't fall on the governor. It probably so, falls so on Joe Strauss. Right. Yeah. A couple of questions on Facebook. Um, Petra asks, could the bathroom bill play into the governor's election or re-election in 2018? Only if he fumbles. Only if the Democrats actually field the candidate. Say that again? Only if the Democrats actually feel the candidate, which well, as of right now, they don't. You can't lose on an issue if you have nobody running against yeah. you. Right. But, but you know, could this, I guess she's asking, could this tarnish him at all? And you said only if he fumbles. So basically only, and does fumble mean it doesn't pass? Does fumble you know, mean, I, I mean, what does it fumble? On, I think it depends on how much he embraces it throughout the special session. Obviously, in the regular special, the, the regular legislative session mm -hmm. certainly was his number one issue, was quiet on it for a very long time before coming out with a generally supportive statement. Um, I actually, I think the bathroom bill is actually one issue that Abbott is probably willing to leave on the table if he gets some other things done during the special session. You do? I, I don't think it's in his, you know, if you look it's at those top 20 to items, on. I don't think it's in his top five favorite it, special session. His best items. outcome on the bathroom bill is that it doesn't pass. Yeah. That it doesn't pass. No, I brought it up. I mm -hmm. brought it to the thing. My voters are happy. I gave those evil guys knocked it down, and I don't have to take calls from Tim right. Cook and the head of right. IBM. Well, anymore. I would say, boy, the business community sure had a bowl of Wheaties over the last four right. hours. Didn't well, they, they got late, a lot of. Right. I mean, yeah. I also think doing so. they got a lot of pressure from Strauss in the House, who basically said, right. "You all said you were going to come out and oppose this, and you know, where were you during the regular session?" Popeye, where's your spinach? Yeah, right. right. So what do we? Let's talk about that for a minute. I mean, what did, what did we see this week? You know, from a noise standpoint, a volume standpoint, from well, the business you saw community. Twenty Top executives at IBM at the Capitol on Monday lobbying in advance of the session gaveling in mm -hmm. people to say, we don't want this bill. You had IBM sending an internal memo around to employees around the world saying, here's why we're opposing running the bathroom ads, bill in right. Texas. You had them running ads. And then most recently, you had them say, we're going to slow our growth or stop it altogether in Texas if Texas passes this bill. And it wasn't just IBM. I mean, there were like, you know, 20 other additional Dallas-based, you know, CEOs. Right. There are a bunch of companies in here. And, and it's basically Trammell the- Trammel Crowe? Did I the, see them this Harlan week? Crow. I saw Harlan I saw Harlan, Harlan, Harlan Crowe, Crow, who's a big Republican them. funder on the, on the right. conservative AT &T, end of the Southwest pool. Southwest Airlines, right. American Airlines. There were a number it's of- It's a lot of businesses that were sort of rumbling at the beginning of the session and then went quiet for a long, long mm -hmm. time and then showed up in the last, there was a letter from some CEOs in the last few days of the session. Now they're coming back in force. And they're finally putting their names. I mean, these are, you know, specific right. CEOs who are tying right. their names. So yeah. it used to be just sort of like the business community at large. So, right. I mean, what what kind of impact does that have then? I mean, does as Patrick just said, does Abbott, you know, is this not among his top 10 and he sort of hopes this fizzles quietly? Does it or, or does this embolden folks like Dan Patrick to, you know, fight even harder? 
It's going to make some senators feel like they walked too far out on the pier, and it's going to embolden, you know, House members who were on the fence, who were, you know, I don't want to vote on this or I'm leaning against this, but I need some air support. It's some air support. Yeah. Well, I imagine some of these businesses have already engaged the top three or the legislative leaders right. privately, mm-hmm. and so the, them going public reflection this week is probably not anything uh, Abbott Patrick Strauss didn't already see coming. In fact, I'm sure Strauss. I think some of them even said that yeah. specifically that we met with them and we got basically it fell on right. deaf ears. Is there right. any indica- my point exactly? Is there any indication that Dan Patrick gives a f about any of these companies or CEOs? No. 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 Well, Not on this issue. I mean, you know, right. he's you know he's obviously interested in economic development and all of that. I mean, he's not an anti-business guy, but on this issue, he's on the other side. So his approach in the last couple of days, in particular, and all of his public remarks, he's I mean, he's going pretty far out on the um, Strauss criticism side of the spectrum, correct? I mean, he sort of accused him of trying to you know implement a state income tax, right? Right. You know, Strauss is the reason all the, you know, my cereal tastes funny this morning. It's, you know, yeah. It, yeah. that's his nemesis. Yeah, I think he's more clearly than ever laying the groundwork for, mm-hmm. for, or at least among his supporters, for Strauss to be blamed if things don't go his way. Mm-hmm. And will Strauss be blamed if things don't go his way? Well, you know, the, the question for Strauss is can he protect his members from being blamed as the them in an us-them fight in primaries in March, mm-hmm. which is what Patrick's trying to set up. And frankly, what the governor's... Um, complying with Patrick on when he puts together a list. You know, that's basically a way to paint targets on people, on Republicans in Republican primaries in March. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Patrick, too, has been trying to crystallize more than ever the uh, arrangement of Abbott and Patrick versus Strauss. You know, I mean, we've always heard Dan Patrick talk about how he's sh- shoulder to shoulder with Greg Abbott, but I think he used some even more <laughs> effusive language in that speech at TPPF. Said he's his, his wingman. If, if Strauss personally attacks the governor, you know, I'm going to Did he call him bro or did yeah. he? <laughs> right. So, bro ham. Nothing new, but definitely kind of an intensifying wingman. of that kind of uh, effusive rhetoric about Abbott. Uh, a couple questions on fa- Facebook. Jared asks, do you think Dan Patrick would support a K through 12 only bathroom bill? He didn't like the Patty bill. You know, the um, I think it, at this point, you know, if the Senate got something, they'd probably take whatever they could get out of the House. But... Mm-hmm. Um, I think Patrick's already won on bathrooms politically, even having, even without getting a law in place. He's, even he's, if he has to pass a watered-down version? or a, Well, it may know. be that he looks at it and says, do I want a watered-down version or do I want to go to voters and say, give me a stronger house and I'll give you a stronger version? Right, right. Uh, and then Petra asks, um, North Carolina lost $3 billion in business due to the bathroom bill. How much could Texas stand to lose? Everybody fights about the studies, but, you know, there's some money out there. I don't know what the number right. is. Yeah. And people like Dan Patrick have, you know, argued that <laughs> whatever the economic damage was in North Carolina was just a small sliver of the economy. You know, right. effectively that it was a small amount and it was it was worth it to stand up for this issue. Right. Um, so I think, right. you know, whatever numbers we see coming projected in Texas or ultimately in Texas if this is passed, I think that would be the same argument. The Dallas Convention and Visitors Bureau was at the press one of the press conferences yesterday, yesterday and, yeah. and talking about – business already lost just because of the discussion of this thing. Mm -hmm. What do you think Strauss's play is? If you were Joe Strauss, how would you be gaming this special session out? Well, Patrick pointed out yesterday, our Patrick, not Dan, but Svitek, that uh, quietly, and I'm not sure with anybody's knowledge necessarily, I hadn't seen this anywhere, that on um, the 26th of May, a couple days before Sine died, the speaker quietly filed for another term as the leader in of the, the 86th session. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the, in the, the 86th, he mm-hmm. went mm-hmm. So this, there was this, remember, there was this Peggy Fekak story where the speaker had indicated he was inclined to run again for speaker. Right. And then there was this question of, well, is the speaker saying by 
indicating he intends to run for speaker, that he intends to run for office again, which would be a precondition of running for speaker. Well, we're not sure about that. Uh, now we see that he has filed for speaker. He has filed for speaker, period. So if you take that as a serious indication of his interest in leading the House for another session, mm -hmm. and by the way, breaking the record for the right. most consecutive sessions ever led by one speaker. Most sessions, most consecutive sessions, or not. Then he's not approaching this with more forthrightness than ever because he figures he has nothing left to lose. He's not running again. To the contrary, he thinks that this is somehow an emboldening position for him, right? right. Which I think is interesting. I mean, I, I, I will confess, all, all, I may have even said this on the podcast before, that I confessed all session long when I saw Joe Strauss making a fist more than I was used to seeing him make a fist publicly and being more public and visible in his frustration with the lieutenant governor that that was an indication he was likely not going to come back because I thought he's acting like he has nothing left to lose or nothing, you know. But I actually now am maybe persuaded that I was wrong. Gardner Selby should check that too. Well, I mean, if you if the other side is um, accusing you of being the opposition and giving up any, you know, attempt at collaboration, then you have to rise up or, or leave, right? Mm -hmm. And he's rising up. I mean, he's in some ways the naming of Strauss and that wing of the party by Patrick as the opposition, you know, yeah. forces them to buck up. And but they're doing did, that. But he didn't have to declare again for speaker as, in an official capacity right now. He didn't have to. He may right. feel a stronger obligation right now. Right. I mean, as Ross just said, if you're named the opposition party or if he feels like, you know, there are some ethical or moral grounds on which he has to stand or, or lawmakers he needs to protect, you know, this may, all this bathroom stuff may candidly be emboldening him. He's also He's also yeah. gotten more of a yeah. national profile, candidly. I, I mean, there was, yeah. there was this New York Times story basically about, you know, the moderate at the helm of the, you know, ever more conservative Texas House. Um, I mean, I don't know. He's... Do you think he likes to read a story like that? Does I, that help him? Yeah, I think so. I think he's more... I mean, I've only been in Texas three years, but just in those short three years, he's always had the reputation as the kind of a, adult in the room, and I think he's more overtly and publicly embracing that role than right. ever before. Yeah. Mm -hmm. at, least right. since, at least since I've been here. Yeah, but if yeah. you read the word moderate in a New York Times headline... Oh, he's been called worst. Right. Yeah. Probably being called worse today. Right. He's been call, that's I, the I point. think I witnessed been called him being worse, called worse been called today, worse right? by the people at the other end of the Republican pool. There's two Republican parties, and his Republican party, frankly, you know, hasn't had much leadership. They've been very quiet and passive, and, you know, this has forced him into more of a leadership role. You know, one conversation that came up today at the event we had with Matt Schaefer and, and group was whether there would be an attempt by the Freedom Caucus and conservatives to vacate the chair or to orchestrate some kind of a challenge to Strauss during the session. I still think that's a legitimate conversation to have. Not legitimate yeah. to vacate it, but legitimate to be asking whether that's their intention. I think they want a platform from which to say, disregard our votes for the speaker back in January. Right, and they I were think 150 they, to nothing. Right, and I think yeah. you know some of those guys want to say, you know, I wasn't really for him before the primaries show up. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I want to hit a couple of questions on Facebook before we wrap up here. One is uh, from Paul. He wants to talk about local control. How can the legislature rescind city authority on some issues, like tree ordinances, without rescinding their power on all other issues? Because the power of the cities and the counties comes from the state, and it gets to regulate you know, what it gives to them and what it doesn't. I mean, the state's always been the appellate court for the, for if you're mad at the city or the county for what their mm -hmm. regulations say, you go to Austin. And Donna asks, you know, there are a lot of protests going on at the Capitol. There were teacher protests. There will be a lot of people protesting any hearings around transgender bathroom issues. Does the legislature even listen at this point, or are their minds so made up that this is all just for show? 
does rallying at the Capitol have an effect at this point? I don't think so most of the time. I mean, it shows people, you know, sometimes it, it helps the, you know, um, it helps the people who are on your side sort of, you know, bolsters their case a little bit. But I haven't seen it turn a decision in a long, long time. No, I think it helps with, <laughs> this is, is going to sound like a really in the insider answer, but I think it helps with like narrative setting sometimes mm -hmm. in terms of what the reporters cover and pay attention to. I think there was a there was an <coughs> S, SB4 um, press mm -hmm. conference that the Democrats had. Obviously, there's no chance it's going to get repealed, but that was, you know, they injected that into the media cycle yesterday, and we got some people to pay attention to that, which and it's not even obviously on the call. So right. I guess it's successful if you look at it from, you know, how you're grabbing attention. Yeah, I mean, today Here, they a had cynical, a quinceañera. I mean, they, right. they have yeah, to yeah. go sort of get out and out. There was a drag yeah. show several right. weeks ago. I mean, right. it's like, how do we make this protest as newsworthy right. as humanly well, possible? Well, and <laughs> how do we make these boring print stories as visual as possible to get right. them on right. TV? I yeah. think exactly. it works in that sense. Here, here's a cynical answer to that, but I also think it leads potentially to a non-cynical answer. The cynical answer is, of course, it doesn't make a difference. Of course, the number of people who right. appear at a, at a, a hearing to testify against right. the bill yeah, don't yeah. matter. Of course, the, 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 the protests outside of the Capitol and the big fuss and the fanfare, right. of course, it doesn't matter. On the other hand, the only way for legislators to hear from constituents often is through a mechanism like that. Mm -hmm. And you have to hope that eventually democracy works the way it's supposed to, which is bottom up as opposed to top down, which means don't stop doing it. But I think your expectations for the impact that you can have have to be calibrated properly. Right. The reality is Republicans have 90. I'm not assuming all Republicans are the same, but you've got 95 Republicans in the House. You've got 20 Republicans in the Senate. You've got more than enough in both chambers to do whatever the hell they want without the Democrats or anybody outside the building who opposes what they do having any impact whatsoever. Right. So you can't assume that if you have 400 to 6 testifying mm -hmm. against a bill that the 6 are still ultimately not going to come out on the right side of this because right. if they're aligned with the people in power, they have more than enough numbers to ignore the testifiers. The other thing is sustained public you know, activism uh, can change things. The Tea Party is an example of that. Mm -hmm. yeah. and, standardized, and oftentimes, standardized testing. Well, and oftentimes you can't tell until it's in the re rearview mirror where you look at it and say, that thing changed, that's weird. And then you look back and you say, oh, there were all of these right. protests about that. Well, I yeah. think that, I mean, the healthcare debate that's been going on, obviously, at, th at this point, it's all fallen apart. <laughs> but I, I do think that's an area where there have been so many impassioned cries and so many people reaching out to their, you know, members of Congress. Right. I, I bet that there was an effect there. Um, you know, it doesn't always happen, but I think in the last couple of months there's been such a loud cry. Right. Yeah, it seems like we're in an era where uh, you can draw a bit of a bolder, straighter line than usual between mm -hmm. public outcry slash protests slash mm -hmm. demonstrations and actual, you know, policy collapses mm -hmm. or, or successes in some ways. Right. So. So thanks, Donna, for that Maybe philosophical conversation. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, that's all the time we have. If you like listening to the Tribcast every week, please do us a favor and leave us a review on iTunes. Those ratings help us reach more listeners like you. We really appreciate them. And if you value the Tribune's nonprofit, nonpartisan newsroom, please consider making a donation at support.texastribune.org. Thanks to Shiny Ribs for our music. And on behalf of Evan, Ross, Patrick, and our producers, Todd and Bobby, this is Emily. Thanks for listening. Texas talking. Texas talking. Texas talking. Texas talking. He's, he's like, he's like, yeah, yeah, click. <laughs> Hit the ball. Here you go. Fine, I'm done.